morning and welcome to another episode of Stoke Meter. We have the honor of having as our guest, Ye Samaki. Uh, Ye is, uh, first of all, I love the name Ye. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you very much. You betcha. Now, Ye, for those of you that don't know, is a 2022 presidential candidate for the country of Mali. Uh, he ha- was also the ambassador uh, for Mali to 10 different countries. I thought it was only one, <laughs> yay, but well, you're you're an overachiever, aren't you? <laughs> well, thank you, Gary. It, it was 10 countries, yes. Yes, 10 countries. I can't believe it. And mm. then on top of that, you were the mayor, and I let me see if I get this this right, but you were the mayor of Wales Ebugu. Is that? You, you got it right. All right. Thank you for getting it right the first time. Yes, for right. I love it. Well, I would like to see Gary try it. Yeah. Yeah. No, thanks, man. Uh, I love it. it. Yeah, way less a boo-boo. I like it. Well, that was pure luck, and thank goodness for internet research, right? (laughs) Yeah, I thought you have done some research. (laughs) Yes. But, but yay, this is, a, it's really neat how we got put together because it, we have a lot of common friends and it was quite amazing. And just to know what you are doing uh, in, in Mali and mm-hmm. especially for, for what you did for your city. Now, this, this blew my mind. So first of all, I can see why you're, you're running for president. Uh, I know that you have ran for president in the past. And mm-hmm. I'm just wondering, in those times that you have ran for president of Mali in the past, what have you learned about the process of uh, politics and just just overall the things that um, you need to do in order to, to gain a victory, for lack of a better question? That's a big question. That's a big <laughs> question, Boris. I'm going to share my experience. Um, I think that running for president is an incredible opportunity in the life of any human being. Uh, not everybody would have the chance to do so, but it really connects you with your people in an incredible way, that a better understanding of the deeper aspiration of people traveling from one corner of the country to the, cor- the other corner, talking to people, meeting them, and uh, seeing that the, the problems are distributed equally, but solutions are not equally distributed. And uh, that looking into the eyes of people, understanding that we all aspire to better life for our, our families, our children. And it, it just really, politics aside, it just really gives you a deeper, a deeper sense of, uh, of, your, of your country, of your uh, patriotism. So I am so grateful that I was able to participate in elections in my country and getting to know my people better. Mm-hmm. Now, the electoral process in Mali, I have learned, was very uh, complex, but was also not prone to fair and uh, credible elections. Mm-hmm. It is down the road, and that's what we're trying to fix today before the next elections. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't... In Mali, you cannot organize an election and lose it because you, you can rig the election. Uh-huh. But with the new changes that we're bringing about, uh, Friday, last Friday alone, I was in front of the parliament of Mali in oh. a hearing on the electoral law, the reforms that we're trying to put in place to make elections uh, fair and transparent. Um, having said that, I came to Mali with a an a, a, an honest heart. I want to. I wanted to help. My desire was to help my people. I left the comfort of this beautiful country, America. I I left the freedoms behind. Freedom of sending your children to a decent school, uh, access to decent medical care. Uh, but I chose to go home because I thought that the biggest difference we can make is to others, not to just oneself. Mm-hmm. So I went there with an open heart, with the love of the people, with the desire to make a, a positive difference. 
But unfortunately, when I got into the political pond in Mali, I found myself facing crocodiles who are <laughs> hungry and, and greedy uh, for the resources. Their motive is not to serve. So I was very shocked to see that I am in this pond with very dangerous actors mm -hmm. with different agenda, different motivations. Mm -hmm. so, so I continue to serve the people uh, as small as it may be. And today, uh, I believe that the people of Mali are looking for a leader that can um, focus on service rather than greed. I love what you said about the motive to serve. I think somebody, or oftentimes, especially where power is involved or money or whatever it might be, it's easy to lose focus of that service aspect because it's so enticing. Um, yeah. I, when, when I look at uh, what you did for your city there, uh, it, as a mayor, it blew my mind. <laughs> you, they were ranked in dealing with corruption. I, I was reading this in, in <laughs> Wayne Ebugu. You, it was ranked 699 out of 703 cities. That's right. That's because right. you were dealing with corruption. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. And the the I would say the miraculous thing that um, came about was. The fact that after you were you became mayor, and I know that you would never take all the credit for yourself because I know you had a great team over there too. I did, I did. But you went to the top ten cities in Mali. We did. We. <laughs> it's it really is much credit should be first given to the people of my my city of Wilisibugu. You know, being the only at the time the only a member of the LDS Church. Um, <laughs> you know, maybe being the only non-Muslim running for office, um, that they really faced the fear of the unknown mm -hmm. and elected me mayor. I give credit to them for uh, the trust they placed in me. Um, and then the team I had uh, as a mayor to, uh, this is not the team I built, but this is the team I had to work with. And it was challenging at first, and um, but they came to sense my desire to transform our community. I so know. we went from a community where we didn't have running water, we didn't have electricity, we didn't have high schools or hospital, decent hospitals. So Wulesebugu became the number seven within the three years uh, that I, I first started and then in the five years. Um, so I was mayor for six years in total. So we were able to bring running water to the city, electricity, the cleanest form of electricity in the whole country or even all of West Africa was, I put about 200 and about 300 kilowatts of uh, solar panels to power the whole city. And we brought the that one of the largest hospitals in the whole nation was built in my town uh, with my work with my team. We also built the first high school in the city and we brought running water to, to the people of Willisibu. We were able to take corruption uh, to a significant percentage, reduce it significantly, such that people were confident that salaries are being paid on time, if not before the end of the month to build the confidence of the people, the money will now run out because 80% of the corruption is linked to uncertainty that people will get paid next month and that people are having access to their salaries and uh, they need to pay medical bills, they need to pay uh, children, um, school fees, uh, and there is no money. The top is embezzling the money to put people in a very difficult, vulnerable position. And so they become a little bit vulnerable to borrowing money from the, the public fund. And that's what I fought out to make sure people have certainty. They know that next month they will be paid. So we'll pay them the 25th of the month instead of waiting till the end of the month. So they know that we are not struggling to get them paid. Um, with that, uh, we eliminate 80% of the, the corruption because people now have certainty and they knew that they will get paid. But we also increase salary and make it very rigorous 
that if you touch the public fund, then there will be consequences. Mm -hmm. So the cost of cheating was higher than its benefit suddenly, because mm -hmm. if you lose our city, you go to another city where salaries are 20 months behind. Oh my and goodness. You, so you go to that precarity and people wanted to stay. And because of that, they also wanted to play by the rules, I said, uh, because as a mayor, I had the ability to hire and fire. Uh, but I wanted to make sure that we educate people, we work together with the same understanding that we are in the service of our people. I printed a letterhead which says, at your service. The, the middle of the letterhead would say, at your service, so people know exactly what is my priority. It's not to come and serve ourselves, but to come and serve the community. So with that, taxes became uh, started coming in because before the tax collection rate was less than 10%. Oh, wow. Now, when people built trust, they saw that the money is being used to lift them out of poverty, to lift them out of difficult situations. So we went from 10% the first year to 68% the second year, uh, the first year, and then 72% the second year. The third year, we collected 100% of the taxes uh, that we set our objectives on. People were coming to pay. We didn't have to send guards or anything to go. But I, did, I will go back to the very beginning when I got elected. Because taxes are paid in cash. It really um, can lead to corruption because you you know manipulating so much cash there's no checks there's no bank account um it, it could lead to corruption so what i created was the leader the eldest quorum of the city of Wolesebubu, so that you know we there'll be reporting and people know that there won't be embezzlement and every quarter this will meet and look at the the book of the city and discuss the priorities of the city and citizens became very involved, understanding that they have an impact on their own uh, uh, progress. So that was very key to getting a bigger uh, participation of all citizens in my, in my city. Uh, because of that, so we increase our revenue. We are able to bring service closer to people, uh, you know, basic services like, uh, you know, uh, having a hospital not less than two miles away was one of my goals. So we were able to achieve that to create a bigger, um, how do you say, um, increasing the, the development in, in this indices. So people understand that we are bringing healthcare, we're bringing water to the villages, bringing more schools, um, also access to electricity all things contributed to reinforcing the trust of the people. And we became a very uh, looking forward community. And uh, Wulisebubu became number seven in the nation oh from 699. That, so. <laughs> yeah, that, I'm, I'm blown away because looking at the generational impact that you created, uh, okay, I'm gonna say you and your team created. <laughs> of course, yes, it's, it's a teamwork. It just blows my mind. I, I'm, I'm looking over at Gary here and Gary's trying to play all cool. I know he's, he's getting all amped up too, but the fact of the matter is you brought so many things to people that were in complete um, desolation in, in, in the way that they did things. And it, it's amazing that it was in the span of six, six short years. Um, all I can say is, wow, especially when in light of the current environment that, that we, we face here in the U.S., uh, well, again, you, you might have noticed that I, uh, this is not original. I have used some of the, the um, uh, tested method uh, from, of course, my, uh, my faith uh, to create the, the, the a, a reporting process. So people are accountable. Accountability was uh, an important aspect of it, but also inclusion. So everybody has a role. You don't feel like you, your role is just paying taxes, but contributing to uh, bring ideas and perspectives that would improve your lives, make people more involved, more participant. So yes, I would not take um, a credit for the novelty 
uh, of the concept that we've created for uh, to improve our communication process. Oh. So I have to ask, I, uh, I've, I've worked down close to the, uh, close to Mexico. Oh, and I'm, sure, I'm sure you know there's a, there's a fair amount of, cor of corruption that happens in the government of Mexico. Mm -hmm. And one of the questions I have for you in, in re relating to that is it seems like when, when, when corrupted entities of say like a government or anything like that are in hold, it's very difficult but those people don't want to leave. They got a good thing going. And so I'm, I'm kind of curious of like, how, how are you so successful so quickly in such a corrupt, corrupt, you know, corruption environment? That says a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah many people, my, my really strength in this and the, my, the, the, the secret to this the success is really local. Um, if you start nationally, you will face a lot of pushback. But I started locally in my own community where the rubber actually meets the road, where people, if they don't have access to water, they are thirsty and they know where the mayor lives. They know where the mayor works. They can walk to you. Um, so we, we created a community of willing so that we are all willing to pursue an objective and that affects each and everyone in a small cluster in the, in the community. So the fact that we were in locally and in a, a smaller circumscriptions, but as I said, 80% of the corruption at that level is linked to uncertainty. So once people know that they get paid on time, then they can plan, they can foresee when they can pay for prescription, when they can pay for kids' education. So for that matter, I got an incredible support from the people. Yeah. If you don't have the support of the people, no leader can achieve any greater objectives. You need first to have the support of your people. And how do you get the support of the people? Leadership with integrity trust relationship, but also the people you work with, you have to have a team leadership. You don't need to appear to be, um, you know, the king of the, 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 the mayor's office. You have to be a facilitator, people understanding that they all have an important role to play. So I got support. Yes, I had a lot of pushback at the beginning because people were threatened. They, mm -hmm. if you take away uh, the corrupt ways, they say, well, they believe for the most part that this is the only way for them to preserve themselves. Mm -hmm. So locally, it was much easier. And I will share with you later how strong the pushback was when I attempted uh, to get in the national stage as a presidential candidate, as a, as a candidate for parliament. Uh, then the pushback was real and the corruption was, was just prominent. Mm -hmm. So, but with hope and determination, especially determination in the service of the people, you end up opening doors you didn't know even existed. People mm -hmm. began to embrace you uh, without regard to your geographical, your faith, or, or anything else, because they want progress. They want leadership with integrity. Who doesn't want that? Yes. Everybody does. So, but you have to create the context and build the trust relationship. And together we can achieve uh, greater things and, and face bigger challenges. Yes, I love the fact that you find the bridges uh, versus focusing on the differences. I mean, even, even from, from a, being a Christian, a Christian in a 90% uh, uh, Islamic uh, country, there, mm -hmm. there were there were definitely bridges that you had to 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 cross and of meet course. halfway, uh, and then then to make that impact. I, I just can't get over the facts uh, that that thing that you you emphasize certainty and the power. Mm -hmm. I've never even heard it in that context before, and that's what makes it so powerful. Like, huh? Certainty, so that I can start planning for my future. <laughs> so you did it, that it at the local level, um, mm -hmm. but then you became an ambassador. 
And then you had the opportunity to visit 10 different countries. And you're talking Malaysia, Bhutan, Indonesia, Singapore, Thailand, um, uh, India, Nepal. Uh, I'm sure there's a few more that I'm, I'm missing over there. Yes, Bangladesh. As yeah, well. Bangladesh, Bangladesh. Okay. In Sri Lanka, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, there were 10 of them, 10 countries. 10, 10 yeah. countries that you're ambassador to. So now you're seeing it from an international perspective. How did that help you uh, going back to what you learned on the local level? What did that experience give you as far as learning about what you can bring back to your country and further create that certainty in serving the people? Well, Gary, before going as an ambassador, because right as I was a mayor, um, the sitting president was coming to a term limit. So I ran for mayor in 2009 and in 2012, there was a presidential election. And so before going as an ambassador, I ran for president in 2012. And one month before the election, there was a coup, a coup d'etat where the sitting president was ousted by military force. And he had to run out of his presidential palace to hide into an embassy uh, for protection and to preserve his life. And uh, so the elections were suspended. All the institutions were suspended. The constitution also was suspended. And uh, we went through, you know, in, through a dark period in our democracy. And, uh, but a few months later, they put it back on. And, but I had really exhausted all my resources during the first campaign, so I couldn't raise enough money to compete in that election. But I did compete and I came uh, number 16 out of 24 candidates. Wow. And I got noticed, but I was a very, uh, I was a critic of the, the sitting president. And when the president got elected, uh, one of the candidates got elected, even though I was strongly opposed to him, and uh, he finally came to his sense that he wants to work with me. I met him here in America in 2014 when Obama invited all the head of states. So I came to the same meeting. And when he saw me there, he was very happy that one of his countrymen can come outside of his delegation and be part of this incredible meetings. And so he called me and said, would you like to serve as an ambassador um, to cut things short? And uh, that's how I was appointed ambassador of Mali. And I went to India. My wife is originally from India. Uh, that's her origin. And you can imagine the joy of her family and herself to, to go back and connect with India in, 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 in a different status. So we went there to India uh, you know, with a local perspective, but also a, a global objective. And uh, we were looking into serving uh, our people. So I like the term local, like global and local. Mm -hmm. uh, so we went there um, with, uh, you know, global perspective, but also local uh, uh, objectives. We were able to really do some great things because of my status coming in, former mayor, former presidential candidate. Um, I came in as a prominent member of the diplomatic corps. So I was very well respected by the different institutions when I met with uh, the King of Malaysia, when I met with um, uh, the presidents of uh, the King of Brunei. I didn't mention Brunei Jerusalem, where I was also ambassador. I met with presidents in Indonesia, Singapore, and prime ministers in India and many places. And really they always received me with respect and um, they were ready to engage because they're political figures they were willing to engage into political conversations and they usually are briefed about my accomplishment back home and they wanted to know about it. So it was um, very helpful. So within my 15 months in the embassy, I was able to bring the vice president of India to come visit my country, which was a, an impressive diplomatic uh, um, performance. Mm -hmm. which was very well appreciated by the president of Mali and uh, the leadership of the country. But the country was in need. So I was able to negotiate a $100 million project, uh, which is a, um, a, not a grant, but a line of credit 
that I was able to negotiate with uh, the Indian government through the Import-Export Bank to bring a power line, power distribution line from Ivory Coast to, so that we can purchase power from Ivory Coast to serve the people of Mali. We also were able to you know, do some incredible things, including um, the exposition, the ex, uh, exhibiting our, how do you call it? The ancient manuscript of Timbuktu. We mm. took it to India and was able to uh, uh, exhibit this incredible uh, artifact into the Taj Mahal, oh, which wow. is, you know, one of the, 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 the seven wonders. Yes. And this had never been done before. Uh, so it was very impressive for the Indians to see that more than 70 to 80,000 people per week are visiting uh, the, the Taj Mahal. So it, it some incredible things that we were able to achieve people-to-people diplomacy, institutional diplomacy. And I was traveling all over India, but also to the other countries. I was able to remove visa between Mali and Indonesia. Citizens of Indonesia can travel to Mali without visa. Citizens of Mali can go to Indonesia without visa. I was able to create partnership between the military of Bangladesh and uh, the military of Mali for training, uh, intelligence sharing, and a lot of great things that we were able to accomplish. So I, in 2018, I resigned from my position as ambassador, but before doing so, I went to meet the president and I thank him for the trust that he has placed on me and uh, share with him the great thing we've done as ambassador. And the underlying was that I served the country of Mali with integrity. And he was very pleased, but in the end I said, well, I'm actually, uh, informing you that I would be resigning from my position to run for president against you in 2018. This is the president who appointed me in 2015. Yeah. So three years in my ambassadorship, I decided to resign and move back home because clearly um, I had a very bold uh, plan for peace and st- peace, stability and prosperity for the people of Mali. They have been underserved. Uh, the, the leadership has not been at their service. So I wanted to mm-hmm. change that uh, because Mali is a very re- wealthy nation in terms of natural resources. Mm-hmm. The Lord has blessed our country with incredible fortunes like gold, like uh, uranium, you go hydrogen, you go lithium, cobalt, you name it. The Lord has dumped it in our underground. So, but we were not able to have this really serve, transform this into possibilities because of corruption. The mm-hmm. gold in Mali didn't shine for the people of Mali. The leadership took the gold money and put it in offshore bank accounts, leaving the people in dire poverty. And I wanted to change that. I thought that we are not condemned to poverty. We, just, we just have bad leadership. So we have to change it with the education I received here at Brigham Young University and my experience as a mayor and serving as ambassador, those perspectives really prepared me to become um, an exemplary leader for my country. So I went home with the confidence to win the election and transform my nation for a strong, stable and prosperous country. But unfortunately, uh, elections were not uh, transparent uh, they were not credible, and the president was able to rig the elections, even though he didn't do much in his first uh, five years as president. Everybody was will agree with that. Mm. Um, so in the end, he rigged the election and got elected. So people got angry, and the parliamentary election, again, I was candidate, so they rigged it so that I won't be there in the parliament exposing the, the ill behavior. So People of Mali got angry. So we organized protests for six months. <laughs> we are protesting and asking for the president to step down. He wouldn't. And the military stepped in uh, August 18th of 2000 to remove him from office so that we can prepare our, our reforms, prepare, change the electoral system, making sure that it is fair and transparent. And uh, that's the process that we're continuing right now uh, in a transitional government. And uh, 
so the, uh, the goal is to make sure that the next president is elected by the people, not appointed by the court or by uh, a fraudulent electoral process. Mm. <laughs> you're, you're blowing my mind here. <laughs> oh, well, I, I threw a lot at you at that, that point. But this, this, it, it absolutely blows my mind. Mm. Just well, you, you get that grin out of Gary and you, you, you know that the, the Gary's pondering on this too. But <laughs> <laughs> well, and and sorry if I cut anyone off, but there there is something that I think endears you to uh, the people of Mali. Um, looking at your background, there was one story that I, I, I can't even fathom. Um, I know that you, you were born into poverty. I think it was it one of 18 kids, something like yes. that. I have 17 siblings, but we were a total of 23. <laughs> oh. uh, I lost, I lost five of my siblings to malaria and diarrhea. Um, you know, it was a pure luck to survive when I was born. Uh, more than, uh, I think, out of uh, 1,000 people, uh, 650 will die. Oh, my goodness. Out of 1,000, it's like half and half. It's just wow. you have pure luck if you survive. So I was born in, 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 in dire poverty, and my parents had a hard time providing for three meals. Um, but, uh, you know, it's a humbling uh, circumstance, but I look back on it and value it. It's uh, really contributing to shaping us in a way that we, we understand uh, poverty. We know that, uh, you know, we, you, we can lift ourselves out of poverty. And we have done so through first my dad's um, uh, inspiration to send all of his kids to school. Mm-hmm. Now, our community, in our community back then, that was seen as really being uh, foolish mm-hmm. uh, because if you send all of your children to school for sure you go hungry because you don't have labor to go to the farm right. but my dad knew that he understood that but he had a bigger vision that he needs to end poverty in uh, break the cycle of poverty in his uh, family so he took the chance and sent us all in in in, in school and it worked out for uh, of course he didn't live long to see the impact that we're making in our communities now or in the whole nation. But clearly the education in the family and dad's innovative perspectives uh, help us really be where we are today in, in, in the country. Um, we've improved our situation uh, far better than he probably ever imagined. Uh, we, we bless his heart. But um, in Mali, we, as I said, going from poverty to prominence in Mali, where we are being able to run for president, being mayor, being ambassador, really, um, it, it can change the nature of things. People can truly change with power, mm-hmm. uh, or power can reveal the true nature of people. So given that our true nature is uh, you know, service, and we've seen how to transform lives, as my father would do, so we have that ingrained in ourselves and we are working toward the betterment of our community, the betterment of our country. So we are people of service. And um, I cannot say this enough, but my faith has a, a, a big, plays a big role. And I don't shy, you know, in a community of Islamic faith, I don't shy telling people who I am and what faith I embrace because some people fear that my, my faith might step in the way of me getting elected president. I don't believe that. Mm-hmm. I believe that if I'm ever elected president in the first place, it's because of my faith, which contributed to shaping me into uh, where I am and making me you know, learn leadership skills in the church. But it is important to note that the people of Mali don't judge people through their faith. We are all citizens of Mali. There is a lot of tolerance in Mali, despite the jihadism that we see rising in, in, the, in the Sahel. Uh, the people of Mali really are tolerant from, you know, about religious uh, beliefs. So we live together in harmony. Uh, I was elected mayor knowing that I was the only LDS person in the whole nation. Um, one of the very few um, 
creation in the nation. So I, I credit the people of Mali for uh, their tolerance and uh, they, 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 they brought their broader mind and their focus on who can better serve than instead of what is your, what is your fate. Mm, I love it. I love it. I just, I have, there's a thing that you did. You're, you've, you've been an out-of-box thinker your entire political career. <laughs> well, yes, yes. I embrace different cultures, the American culture and the Mali political culture. So right. um, accountability, I, 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 you know, as I went to BYU, I learned public policy and I was able to combine and be able to bridge those um, experiences and be able to be something new, turning the page of the old way of doing politics, politics as usual in Mali, I wanted to turn the page of that and so that we can go to a bright new day in Mali uh, with leadership focus on uh, service and result, not just on politics as usual. Well, and you did take, oh, go ahead, Gary. I'll, oh, no, I'll, I was just saying, I just, I, I really appreciate how your, your focus is on start with the people around you and then grow from there. And it seems like, in modern age, it seems like we're always trying to push it from the, the big government national level down to the people, which mm-hmm. doesn't seem to really be effective, you know, yeah. but when you start combining, you know, lift the people around you through service, you can see what can happen in a really fairly, fairly quick time frame. Yeah. So True. I guess my, my question is, how do you translate that to the national level for Mali? How do you keep that focus on the on the the people? You know what I mean. How do you, how do you maintain that as you get bigger? So as as a president, how do you how do you intend to do that? That's a big that's a tall order. <laughs> it, it is it it is. And you know, people we, we look at what people fail to do most of the time in electoral uh, period is they don't look back. What has candidates do before running for office? what has been their impact on a smaller community. If they have not served their communities to begin with, they have not served at their churches, at their mosques, they have not served in their community at large, you can expect, expect them to serve the nation. I have that background. The people of Mali have seen the impact I was able to make locally. They've seen the, the, the integrity with which I have led the people of Wilesebu with my team. They've seen the teamwork I, have, I was able to establish and lifting people from, from ground zero to a certain level. They've seen that. Uh, they know that I am here to serve. They know that it's foolish for some people to leave the abundance of America, to leave the freedoms of America behind and go to uh, Mali and try to hustle with the people. So I have that background. I have that track record. Uh, that very few politicians in my country can can show. So uh, with that, I come in there with a, a national recognition because what I do is known. Um, even the prime minister's office used to broadcast my eldest quorum meetings uh, with the city of Bolisibu. So I'm very well known now. I have a broader name recognition. We have built schools in 42 different villages through our foundation. We have given tractors to seven villages we, for, to increase the, the yield in uh, agriculture. We have given scholarship to a number of uh, students from Mali to come to American universities, but also to come to uh, high schools here in America. We provided um, teacher, teacher housing in Mali. So these are things that are concrete uh, results that we have accomplished through our foundation, through the generosity of, uh, uh, of people we, we connect with here in Utah and in America. Mm-hmm. So having said that, translating this into a national perspective is not easy because there is a lot of uh, corruption at stake. There's a lot of people who are willing to do anything and everything to maintain their the grip on the public resources. And I became a challenge. I became a threat to many of these people. And of course, the, the mudslinging and politics, you know, is for self-preservation purpose. Yeah. And uh, people ask themselves, how do you stand this? I said, well, because I'm not doing this for myself. 
And, mm -hmm. you know, it's easy to just worry and complain about how hard it is uh, if you just focusing on yourself. But if you want to bring change, you have to accept that there are all kinds of people in the game. You have to play your fairness. You have to play your very le your level best. But um, withstanding the corruption, as one of my friends said, uh, you have to uh, to be as smart as a serpent and uh, 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 the other part as a, a, a dog. Yes, harmless as a dog. So, um, you know, these are some of the things that will guide me through and uh, help me support the process and keep my focus on the broader picture. What can we do for our people? What can we achieve as a nation? How can we translate the enormous wealth we have under our realm uh, to, to, to opportunities for people to access to um, prosperity for the people of Mali? Um, we are one of the poorest nations on earth, which is a, 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 an incredible paradox for a country with so much uh, natural resources. Mm -hmm. um, but yes, there is a lot of stake. People want to maintain exploiting not only the people of Mali, but other nations yeah. also who have been taking advantage of these resources. Um, don't want to see a leader who is focused on uh, the people come into office. So there's a lot of roadblocks that I was able to surmount in my first attempt to run for president, and my second attempt, but now I'm going to my third attempt, having learned so much, but also having an incredible um, name recognition in the country. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and this is in a good way. Uh, I wouldn't say notorious, it's in a, in a very good way. So it's a, I have a good reputation to serve the people. In any case, um, Yes, I know there are challenges ahead. I know there are roadblocks. Uh, corruption is a major national roadblock. You know, mm -hmm. I would say that the number one reason Mali is behind today is corruption. Mm -hmm. If we take that out, which is not a small business, which is a risky undertaking, but I believe that um, with my track record, with also my ability to, to bring people in together, uh, I think we'll be able to, once I, I am in power, the way we'll be redistributing the wealth in the country, the way we'll be making sure that opportunities are there, creating hope for the people, because the people are engaged in, in terrorism and jihadism because they, they don't have anything to lose. You have to create a middle class. You have to create people with means, people with um, jobs, access to, uh, you have to facilitate the whole environment where Gary will be comfortable coming and starting a business in Mali. Uh, people from China, India, America, Russia, anywhere in the world, we can embrace a business-friendly environment, which will in turn create so many jobs. But making sure that our natural resources um, are not just exported raw, we have to add value to these resources to make sure that we can create more jobs and more wealth in the, in the nation. Government is not in the business of creating jobs. Government is not in the business of creating wealth, but entrepreneurship will do that. You have to foster that environment for entrepreneurs to rise, people to invest in entrepreneurship, create jobs, and making sure that money is uh, distributed throughout the country. Everybody can meet their need. And at that point, people will not, do, will have something to lose. Mm -hmm. Today, they don't. There's absolutely no hope. The, the young people from Mali go to the Sahara Desert lose their lives there. They go to the Mediterranean, trying to cross the, the ocean to go across this, the, 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 to, to Europe. And many die in dire circumstances in, in either the desert or in the middle of the ocean. So it's hopelessness. We have to change that. We have to make sure that people can stay in our country and meet their life, life goals. And that's the kind of leader I want to be for the people of Mali. And more and more people, people in Mali are beginning to understand this. Uh, if you do a polling today, I would be one of the most prominent uh, contenders for the presidency of Mali. Um, the, top, the top three, or even probably the top two in the country today because of uh, my reputation, because of my track record, but also uh, because of my political uh, involvement.
um, those are some of the things that really keep me going because I know we can achieve uh, prosperity for the people of Mali. We can bring stability in our country. And and sorry, Gary, if I cut you off, but um, as I have been listening to you, as I've been studying what you've done, something that is very apparent is that you are not a hoarder of power or knowledge or anything. You are more than, than willing to, to put everything on the line out there for people to continue to learn with you. Uh, there was an instance where you took a bunch of mayors to Utah in order to learn about government. And, mm-hmm. and I can only imagine what they learned uh, by their new mentors and by being exposed to somebody they'd probably never seen before. I mean, what, what was that like? What, how, how did that knowledge come back uh, is, is one part of the question, but just reemphasizing, but this is what I see in you as such a, a, an amazing leader is that you don't hold on to that power. You, you are there truly to serve and to create that certainty. But I'm just wondering, what, what can you tell us about what, what everyone learned from that? Well, you know, when you come from my background, Gary, and be given such an incredible opportunities in life, I have been tremendously blessed beyond measures. Um, so I know that uh, faith is very important in politics. Uh, because I, I believe that the Lord has, I have a purpose to serve. Mm-hmm. And uh, that purpose is really to lift my people up. And with no other agenda, making sure that the people of Mali have uh, what, you know, they can meet the needs and, you know, become a prosperous nation and that we are stable living together in, in harmony. That's really uh, my objective. As I said at the beginning, I could have stayed here in America. Yeah. I could have enjoyed the freedoms here, but America doesn't need me. I may need America, but America certainly does not need yay. There are 300 million years here in America, but there are very few people in Mali with uh, my uh, unique set of experience, with my level of education. And uh, so I cannot be focused on myself I, and I can make a bigger difference in putting myself out there and serving my people. So far, we have done so much for the people of Mali. We have done so much for people in rural areas, providing drinking water uh, to villages. It's very important. That's a basic thing here in America. Uh, giving people access to, to education in their own villages instead of children walking three to five miles one way to get to the nearest school. So those are the things that I find joy and satisfaction in and giving the the power to the public service, I will make incredible impact in Mali. And that's what I'm seeking to do uh, as a a candidate. I love it. When when is the uh, election? The election is scheduled for um, February of 2023. So it's coming up. Okay. And how can we... I'm sucked in, man. I, I need yes. to have some some regular updates on how things are going because, I mean, this is to to me, this is just like a novel of. It of, is epic. It's so exciting, but yeah, but at the same time, these are real people. These are That's you're nice. having a, an impact on, like like Marie said, not only the current generations, but this impact can be. It, you're you're changing a country potentially. That's oh, a. That's well, the, that's a, the, the objective. When we started this, we had no uh, plan for, uh, you know, national level. You have to play it at your own level. I started with the, you know, with the mayor's office and uh, we learned and we progressed. We made a big impact and people saw that. And these are records that accumulate and uh, show how prepared you are for uh, bigger positions and not for your own sake, but to be able to lift people out of poverty, to be able to make sure that people can live together in harmony, making sure that we, we are secure. We have a strong army to defeat jihadists and, and combat terrorism. Uh, so some of the things that I want to, I'm very privileged and, and blessed to have this opportunity. Um, you know, it has always been my drive and I want to make that difference. And, uh, uh, but you cannot do it alone. You cannot do it alone. You need assistance all the way. You need, um, you know, teamwork. You need uh, 
supporters like I have in America here, including John Paul DeJoria from the, the Paul Mitchell Healthcare System, including uh, Matthew McConaughey, who has been spending a lot of money in my country through my foundation in uh, distributing food to people in unsecure uh, areas who are not able to go farming. Um, I have had a lot of support from uh, many people here in Utah, including Josh Coates and many other Utahns here who have been supported. So I cannot do it alone. I, I am seeking support from people all over the world uh, for the sake of transforming a nation, for the sake of building stability and uh, eradicating jihadism and terrorism in, in a nation. That might seem far away, but we are in a, a, a global village. Uh, so what's happening, negative things happening one across the ocean can have negative impact on people here. You can see what's happening in Ukraine today. Uh, mm -hmm. This is not um, far away, but with impact on people here in America and across the world. So um, good governance is very important anywhere. And some people believe in that. <clears throat> yeah. So um, those who really want to help make a difference um, even far away, like in Mali, uh, have this opportunity. And I'm open to working with people to making sure that we can provide access to the basic services before I'm elected and also uh, opening Mali up to for business uh, in an environment that would be less corruption, but also very open to businesses, very yeah. business friendly. Yeah. I, I hope that, you know, that you can always use this platform as a medium for anything that you'd like. This is, this has been overwhelming by way of awesomeness. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. you. You two are very great, great uh, conversationists. So you really <clears throat> are able to make it open and easier to communicate. So I, I appreciate that. Oh, no, we appreciate you and your example and especially for your attitude of, of what a true leader looks like. And that is serving, serving the people that he's called to, to serve. And mm -hmm. it's that, that I, I'm taking away definitely service and certainty as part of this conversation, but also definitely will be putting that out there to our mm. audiences as well. So well, again, you. please, if there's anything that we can do for you, know that you could give us a buzz anytime okay <laughs> well this is very big thing i thank you for having me here truly it was a pleasure uh speaking with you guys introducing myself to your audience and uh, i thank you and we'll certainly keep in touch and i'm available at any time to to have this conversation with you if should you have more questions or any of your audience would like to uh, talk more about this um, i'm sure that uh, we can make uh, other arrangements thank you so much gary uh, thank you, Morris, for having me. You got it's, 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 it's such a pleasure to meet you. And I, I, I'll kind of echo what Marie said a little bit. Is One of the things that stands out to me is just that bottom-up leadership yeah. that you just don't see anymore. And it's, I think it's really the wave of the future. And I think that you are a prime example of that. So we look forward to seeing your journey. And we will be talking again as, we, as the election gets closer. And then hopefully when it's all done, we'll have a celebratory meeting afterwards. <laughs> I, I, I hope and pray for that day. Man. Thank you again. <laughs>